0: Good day everybody! Welcome back to the show. I am Chad, your host on One Guy with a Mic Sportscast, where it's the podcast where I bring the stats so you can state the facts. Oh, uh, This week's episode we're going to talk about the NBA playoffs and a little bit of a season review. Not much of a season review, we're just going to go over stat leaders you know, discuss the Lakers because I absolutely hate the Lakers, so anytime they lose, I feel a little bit more, a little bit more proud of my team choice, the Clippers. Also, I need a big give my give a shout out to all my Canadian fans out there. Thanks for looking out for for your boy. Um, we are currently ranked number two hundred and thirty-four on the Canadian sports Podcast, so that's pretty awesome, according to Apple. So that's a plus I love it Love to hear that stuff Alright Well baseball season's underway So let's start, let's talk about overreactions and underreactions uh, The Cubs have won two games already this year uh, Which is way more than I thought they were going to have done by the time the second week of the season started So that's a plus um, I don't think it was going to be as bad as as the Cubs team that started 0 14, you know, but I thought it was going to be pretty bad. He is saying Eden half has shown up and showed out, so, but now he got hit by a pitch on Saturday and is currently on a day to day basis. Uh, so, there's that. You also have the Yankees beating down the Red Sox. So, that's fun. I always like to see when the Red Sox lose, too. And all my Yankees Twitter is just blowing up with how how that team is doing right now as well. Which, that... As I have found myself on Yankee Twitter, which I seem to find a lot of Yankees fans for some reason on Twitter. Like, which is fine. Like, I don't have a problem with the Yankees at all. Like, they are where they are. But to watch your guys' tweets... After the lockout ended and how they're like you need story you need one of the pitchers off the A's you need to go after Freddie Freeman you need to do this you need to do that and then they go out and trade Gary Sanchez and Urshela for IKF and Donaldson and move Torres the second which Torres is even starting every day which is fine you know but to see you guys all upset how they didn't get a Freeman, how they didn't get Story, how they didn't get whoever that you wanted them to get, how they didn't do that, and then to start off the season the way you have, by beating the Red Sox twice, to now you guys are like, yeah, Stanton's the man, and I understand, and re Aaron Judge for $500 million, I mean, I'm... now let's get into some of his career NBA stats quick. He had a career average is 30.1 points per game. He averaged 6.2 rebounds per game and 5.3 assists per game. That's some gaudy numbers. He's only behind in steals to John Stockton and Jason Kidd. First team ballot Hall of Famer. He's also in the FIBA Hall of Fame. He's won Olympic gold in 84 and 92. He won gold at the Tournament of Americas. And he's got a gold Pan-American Games medal as well. Wow. And y'all wonder sometimes why us that grew up watching Jordan thinks he's the best, the greatest player of all time. The guy created his own brand his brand is still relevant today he's still worth 1.3 billion dollars every year off of his off the air jordan brand his number one selling shoe is the retro ones which stopped being distributed in 2015 He's had aver- He's had deals with Haynes, Gatorade. The guy is a cultural icon. Space Jam. It came out in nineteen ninety six, and grossed over two hundred million dollars at the box office. Yeah, granted, he wasn't like the best actor, and you can say, and if you're a movie critic, you can say, "Well, that movie is trash," but. To the basketball fans and the kids in the 90s, that movie is straight gold. That movie is, that's one of those movies that you're like, hey, let's watch some 90s movies. And we throw on Sandlot, Rookie of the Year, Space Jam, and Happy Gilmore. Like, that pretty much sums up our entire 90s collection as kids for movies. He cited David Thompson and Walter Davis and Jerry West as influences to his game. His game has influenced LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, and others. Vince Carter gave up his All-Star starting spot in Jordan's last All-Star game for him to be the starter. Wright Thompson described him as a killer in the Darwin, in the Charles Darwin sense of the word, immediately sensing and attacking someone's weakness spot. The Bulls built their organization around him. As a player, there's nobody like him. Larry Bird even quoted that, saying that there's only one Michael Jordan. and Or actually, what he said was, God has came back in the form of Michael Jordan. Larry Legend said that after a playoff battle in the 80s. He unretired. He retired to go play baseball. And yeah, I understand there's gambling rumors out there. But I legit think he just got tired of basketball because he could just dominate anybody on the floor, and as a competitor, he needed a new challenge, so he went and tried playing baseball and I mean, the guy even did well there, and not like well well, I mean, he only played at Birmingham, but still I mean he did play in an expi- exhibition between the Cubs and the White sox no one has matched what Jordan has been able to do since. We can talk LeBron. We can talk Kobe. Yeah, LeBron's got more points scored. And Kobe, you know, had an outside shot. But – and Kobe had that killer instinct just like Jordan – He is in the base. He's in the basketball Hall of Fame, as an individual and also as the Dream Team. He's. He was voted the number one, athlete of the twentieth century, over Babe Ruth. And Muhammad Ali. He owns part of the he. Well, he was he's still majority owner of the Hornets. Um he's not the sole owner anymore. He still has Jordan. He still goes out and plays golf. I mean, he played he played golf with Charles Barkley during the 93 finals just so that way he could crush him on the floor the next day. He beat the likes of Magic Johnson, Clyde Drexler, Charles Barkley, John Stockton and Carl Malone, Sean Kemp and Gary Payton. He beat Shaq, and he broke up the Magic. The Magic beat him in the second round when he came back from retirement. And then the next year... The Bulls beat them and broke up that team. Patrick Ewing doesn't have a ring because Michael Jordan. <laughs> Magic Johnson, Johnson doesn't have six rings because of Michael Jordan. Larry Bird doesn't have four rings because of Michael Jordan. Isaiah Thomas wasn't on the Dream Team because of Michael Jordan. <laughs> like He let it be known. That once you stepped on the floor with him, or at any competition, he was going to destroy you. And that's what he did. He developed a jump shot. He admits that the Air Jordan brand, you know, took away some of the jump shot because everybody wanted to dunk. That's what everybody wants to do but you can't sit here and tell me that there's someone better you can't sit here and tell me a guy that goes that has 4 rings is better than a guy with 6 rings and rings don't even matter to me like I've already discussed that championships really don't matter but the stats and the way Jordan played when he's winning On offense, and then he's playing defense, and he's not slacking on defense either. He's guarding Clyde Drexler, he's guarding Gary Payton, he's guarding Magic. And that's the thing that Laker 91 Lakers team wasn't soft, like that 91 Lakers team had already was yeah, it was on the tail end of their 80s runs. But still, they were not soft. Let's see. This guy averaged 38.3 minutes per game for a career. He shot 49% from the field. He shot 32% from the three point range. However,. Three-pointers weren't a huge thing when, you know, during that time. Like, you drove the bucket, you did mid-range shots. He had a 83% free throw percentage. And he averaged almost a block a game. Even in his last year. His average line was 20 points and this is at him at I think he was 40 how old was Mr. Jordan in Yeah, he would have been 40. So his last year was he turned 40 during the season. And he averaged 20 points, 3.8 assists, 6.1 rebounds. He shot 82% from the line, 44% from the field and he still played 37 minutes a game. And that was without even starting 15 games. If Jordan was on the court, you're going to lose most times. Yeah, did he have his bad games? Yes. But there were few and far between. Like Jordan is an icon. He was compared to Julius Irving coming up. And we all know how good Julius Julius Irving was, right? I mean, go on YouTube. I'm sure you can find some highlights of him in the NBA and the ABA. Jackson compared Jordan's dominance to Shaquille O'Neal stating Michael would get filed on every play and still have to play through it and just clear himself for shots instead and would rise to that occasion. Al Michaels once said that he was able to read a basketball box score on a 27-inch television clearly from about 50 feet away. Try that. I know we don't have 27-inch TVs around much anymore, but why don't you find one and try that. Let me t- tell, me how hard that is. Like, the 92, or the 1996 Bulls went 72 and 10. Do you know? Oh, sorry. I take that back. That wasn't the 96, 97 Bulls. That was the 95 96 Bulls that went 72 and 10. The 96 97 Bulls went 69 and 11. And the 97 98 Bulls went 62 and 20. So, yeah, there. And you could say that you had, well, you had Rodman and Pippen and Jordan. Okay, that's fine. But you still had Coach and Kerr. Like, that team was dominant. Their first seven guys off the bench would just dominate you. In the playoffs, <laughs> here's another deal. So, uh, I wish I would have found Jordan's playoff record other than six to see how many games he actually lost. But it wasn't many, because in the 90s anyways. In the 80s, he got beat up. Oh, man. In the 80s, anytime he went to the playoffs, he had to play Detroit. He had to play Boston, and they would just beat him up. I mean, he did score. He does have a playoff career high against... The Celtics that is still not has not been broken yet because the Celtics were like, Hey, we're just gonna let Jordan score and not everybody else. He put up 63 points in a playoff game. The trailblazers, the trailblazers still regret drafting Sam Bowie. They only did it because they needed a center. I mean, when you still have the best player on the board, I'm sure you take the best player on the board, right? Like, that's what we have to do. The, the pistons would hit him every time he came into the lane. You talk about guys going in and getting fouled now. Well, guess what? They didn't call fouls. If a guard came into the middle of the paint, he was getting hit on his butt. He was going to land on his rear end, and they weren't going to call a foul. That's all there is to it. The, today's game is completely changed. Because of the bad boy Pistons, the Lakers, the the Malones, the Kemps of the world. I don't think half of this league could play back in the 80s and 90s. There's some that could, but I think half of them couldn't. Because a lot of them rely on that shot from deep. They rely on... Uh, They can't take a foul. Um, So, yeah. I mean. He once punched Steve Kerr in the face. Because they got an argument. At practice. It's just mind-boggling. How well he does. He has done. With his career. As everything. Here's a little here's a guy from North Carolina and got cut from his varsity basketball team as a sophomore because he said he was too short at five eleven. And then he became the greatest player of all time. And I don't understand and I understand that's a an an opinion. I understand that it's completely opinionated right there when i say he's the greatest player of all time i understand that is my opinion and nobody else's but when people are still looking up to him and still trying to 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 be him not to be him be him but just to get on that level that is the crazy part That's what's ridiculous. Yeah. Here, 1985-86, as a 22-year-old in the NBA, he put up 63 points. And he grabbed 19 rebounds one game. Like, he could do it all. As a 6'6 guard out of North Carolina... He did it all on the court. And Jackson built the offense around... The triangle offense was built around Jordan. But... He... But why not? But why not build that offense around Jordan? Why not let the triangle offense run through Jordan? Before his... Before he started his championship run in the 90s, he had been to the Eastern Conference Finals in 89 and in 90. So he was already on the cusp. Okay, He got beat by Detroit in 89. He got beat by Detroit in seven games in 1990. And then, it was a straight domination. The Lakers in the finals beat them 4-1. Portland beat them 4-2. Phoenix beat them 4-2. Orlando, or not, sorry, Orlando. Seattle beat them 4-2. In 96. 97 The Jazz in 4-2. 98, 4-2. He went to a Game 7 against Indiana in 98, won that. He went to a Game 7 against the Knicks in 92 and won that. (laughs) So, he played in... He went to a Game 7 against Detroit in 1990, lost that one. So the man has played in one, two, three Game 7s. That's all he played. He's played three Game 7s his entire career. That means he's (laughs) he straight up finished teams off. After that 90-95 Orlando series, when they lost 2-4 in the Eastern Conference semis, he'd never lost a playoff matchup ever again. After he lost in the Eastern Conference finals against Detroit, he did not lose another series, playoff series, ever again. (laughs) Like... Who's going out there to beat you? That that was it. And you know what? This is fitting. It's 23 minutes. I'm going to call it great. Jordan, if you want more info on him, go to basketballreference.com. Look up his stats. Go to YouTube. Watch his videos. He wore 45... (laughs) Oh, and <laughs> he wore 45 and then got fined when he switched back to 23 because Nick Anderson decided to make a comment about how 45 doesn't look as well as 23 does. 45 is pretty flat. Then he comes out and puts up, and just, yeah, granted he lost the series, but then he still comes out and puts up 38 points the next game against Nick Anderson. <laughs> as he's wearing 23, Get the Bulls and him both get fined for it. And then he just started wearing 23 again. He had to wear number 12 in 1991 against the Magic at one one point. But this is, we talk about great players. We talk about Larry Bird walking into a three-point contest and set, looks around in the room and says, who's going to finish second? Larry Bird also won a three-point contest at the NBA All-Star Game without taking off his shooting jacket. Here's Jordan. When he decides to come back... to basketball... he sends a fax... that just says... I'm back. And then went out and... did Jordan things. That baseball hiatus... I think reinvigorated Jordan... I think he went out and he failed. I wouldn't even say it was a failure, but he did bat 200 and didn't get out of the minor leagues. Um, But he was, I think if he would have been a few years younger and not 31, he probably could have made it as a baseball player too. Because he could read the ball off the bat For an outfielder, he could run and steal bases. And eventually, he worked so hard that he could finally hit the curveball. Because that was the biggest thing that he couldn't do. If he is younger, he is definitely making it a baseball career. And also think about this. We have baseball and football players that wear his shoes as cleats. His net worth is 1600000000 billion, y'all. Let me know how that works out for anybody else. So, and also, he had to quit baseball because of the strike because he didn't want to be a replacement player. Which I get. I really hope that this lockout gets over and we stop and we don't have to have that issue. I really hope the owners get their head out their asses. So his one year let's just talk about baseball quick and then and then Yeah, let's let's just talk about this quick. So he played a hundred and 27 games with the Birmingham Barons in 1994. Had 497 plate appearances, 436 at bats. He had 46 runs, he had 88 hits, 17 doubles, one triple, three home runs, drove in 51 RBIs. Now, here here's a great stat. He had 30 stolen bases. 18 caught stealings. He walked 51 times. He struck out 114 times. I mean, we look at 114 times now, like, geez. That guy guy really had a lot of play appearances. His batting average was 202. Not great. But again, he didn't get into the swing of things until halfway through the season. On-base percentage was 290. slunging percentage was 266. OPS was 5.56. He had 116 total bases. He only grounded into four double plays. He had four hit by pitches, three sack hits, three sack flies, no intentional walks. He had a 95% fielding ratio percentage. He had six assists from the outfield. I mean, he did commit 11 errors, but still. Yeah. He could do it. He could just do it all. I mean, as a kid from the 90s, we had posters of Jordan on our wall. We had to buy the new Jordans that came out. I remember I, as soon as I got my first paycheck, I went out and bought a pair of Jordans. Jordan 12s were the first pair of Jordans I ever had. And then there was the 13s. and the guy is a legend and I am very thankful I got to see him play as a kid growing up to appreciate what he did to appreciate everything he put in the game so and that's the beauty about I'm gonna really age myself here but that's okay that's the beauty about the guys my age or the fans the basketball fans my age that grew up in the 90s and we saw Jordan play we then got to see Kobe play then we got to see LeBron play we got to see Larry Bird at the end of his career we got to see Magic Johnson as well we got to see the glove Scotty Pippen Dennis Rodman Den- David Robinson Timmy Duncan Kevin Garnett Shaquille O'Neal, we got to see these dudes come up and show out their game and try to beat each other every single night. No one was hopping on teams to be with their friends because rarely were they friends outside of, outside of basketball. Paul Pierce still hates LeBron James to this day because <laughs> Paul Pierce is an old school guy. No way it was Paul Pierce's going to be like, I'm going to go join up with LeBron. Like, no. The, the 90s basketball, you guys, have no idea how special of a time that was. Because you had three-point shooting. You had shooters like Reggie Miller. You had guys like John Starks. You had Charles Oakley's. Who, by the way, Charles Oakley was Jordan's best friend when he was on the Bulls. Because Oakley was his enforcer. Like. I. I. It, my, it blows my mind sometimes when how people are like, LeBron James is way better than Jordan. He's not. <laughs> yes, is LeBron James the best player in this generation? Yes. Yes, he is. Can, does he have more assists? Yes, because guess what James plays a has played more of a point forward career. He's modeled his career after Magic Johnson. If you compare James and Johnson and watch those, that's who you have. You have a six foot nine point guard okay No one's like Jordan six six shooting guard, small forward could guard all five positions if he had to get you a rebound go down another end and score the game the dude was clutch and there was three things that made up the 90s Jordan hip hop and pagers <laughs> no I really had like all three of them lined up earlier And I wrote it down and I don't know what I did with it So yeah It was Jordan and hip hop Basically that is what influenced the 90s Allen Iverson Beat Jordan Off the dribble But guess what Jordan still beat him Yeah You guys really need to go on YouTube And start watching some Jordan highlights That's all there is to it He inspired so many kids to play basketball. He inspired so many people just to try to be great at whatever they do. The guy is an influential person. Whether it's on a field, on a basketball court, on a golf course, or even as a business person. So, happy birthday, Michael Jordan. Thank you for providing... The entertainment and showing others the desire and the will to win. Thank you for that. Thank you for being you. And I know you're probably not gonna hear this podcast, but I don't I just wanna say thanks, Michael Jordan. You made a lot of kids that are now grown ass adults extremely happy in the nineties. And on that note, um, y'all have a great day. I'll be on tomorrow. We'll be dropping Friday's podcast tomorrow still. Um, We have... We're going to talk the NBA season since this is the All-Star break and how fittingly the All-Star break always rolls rolls around when it's Jordan's birthday. That's the epitome of the NBA right there. We're going to... I have emails from listeners. So we are going to... I got one of them answered. All the other ones, I will get to yours. I promise. But I do have a response to the one. So, to at least one of them. Alright. Y'all have a great day. And hey, don't forget that you have to hit the follow button and the bell. So that way... I get into your playlists, and then you get a notification when I drop another podcast. Let's keep growing this thing. I appreciate it, y'all. Have a great day. Uh, Philly's twenty-three assists. Toronto's twenty-two steals. Seven point six five, almost nine for Toronto. Blocks five point three for Philly, four point six two for Toronto. Field goal percentage. Again, two points separate 46 for Philly, 44 for Toronto. Free throw percentage, 81 and 75. That's the only huge difference that they are, is Philly's the better free throw shooting. But when you got Harden that shoots 89%, I mean, that helps. Then three point wise, it's 36 and 34. So, yeah, it's going to be a close series. I'm not a fan of Doc Rivers, um, but I think he can get. Because he does, I'm not a fan of Doc Rivers because he doesn't make in-game adjustments. I've talked about that before. He doesn't make in game adjustments, and therefore, it's hard for me to appreciate him as a coach. Um, and sometimes you don't need to make those in-game adjustments, but playoff times you do. So his drought of so his drought of championship is going to continue this year. Uh, Philadelphia wins this series, four to two, four three somewhere in there um it's not gonna be a sweep it's not gonna be a 4-1 series either toronto's a better team than that and toronto could pull off the upset um but especially if harden goes really cold and they can stop and beat and over us you know when you're playing the same team seven times it's easier to it's a lot way a lot better to game plan that way so so we'll go with philly all right. Next up is Boston and Chicago. This reminds me of an '80s matchup between the Boston and Chicago, but that was Bird and Jordan, and this is going to be Tatum and Levine. Um, Chicago was hot. I mean, they were the one seed at the, they were the they were the one seed at the All Star break. And for a while there, they looked like they were the team to beat in the East. And then they just fell off. I mean, they just fell off. So, where Boston looked like they were going to have to trade some pieces, going to start rebuilding. And then all of a sudden, they caught fire. And it was it's the, you know, the misfortunes of the two. Like, they basically flip-flopped so uh boston's record is 50 and 31 probably gonna be 51 and 31 be the third seed um they averaged 111 points per game gave up 104 which they are the they have the second the best uh defensive rating in the nba the celtics do And I think that with them being that efficient on defense is going to help them in these playoffs. Because if you can just get – because the playoff basketball is all about getting stops and then scoring off those stops. And the Celtics could definitely do that. Um, Boston with DeRozan, Vucevic, uh, Lonzo Ball is out for the year, so that sucks. So, um, but yeah. I mean, DeRozan, he's been a good player all year. Still have Levine. I think uh, Boston is just too hard for them. They spread the ball around way too much. Uh, And Boston is just going to, I wouldn't say roll this series, but they'll win it. The Bulls might sneak one out. The Bulls might just sneak one of them out, but that's about it. So. So I think Boston goes 4142. I mean, it's going to be a good series, but it's not going to be a great series. It's not going to be like those old Boston Chicago matchups that used to be. So now we got the 2 and the 7 over here on the east. You got Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Two heavyweights. This this is probably supposed to, I think this was the projected matchup for the for the was Eastern Conference Finals at the start of the year for a lot of people, but here we have it in the first round. Okay, we have it in the first round. Uh, Brooklyn is got Irving and Durant now, um, but the the Bucks have Antetokounmpo, Holiday, and Middleton. Like their three have stuck around a little bit, so let's. And the funny thing is, so I'm looking at these stats on ESPN. So I'm getting all my stats. I'm getting my team comparisons from ESPN.com. Um, I got my league leader stat from BasketballReference.com. Okay, um, but I'm looking at Brooklyn stat leaders, and since Durant nor Irving make the 58 game minimum, they their leading scorer this year was Patty Mills at 11.4 points per game. <laughs> now that's funny. That's hilarious to me. That you have Durant and Irving, and due to those guys not playing the minimum number of games, you have Patty Mills as your leading scorer. Alright. So the head to head to matchup this year, uh Milwaukee won three out of the four games with the la- the last one going to overtime and Ankunpo won forty 40- had forty four points to Durant twenty six, which he was the high. So but Irving is Irving, and he's probably... You have two of the best shooters right now in the NBA with Irving and Durant on the same team. And either one of them can go off, as has been seen throughout this season, can go off for 60 points a game. The downside to these two teams, or at least um, the downside to the Nets is... They don't play defense that well. Um, that's for sure. They're not really. They're they're nineteenth for a points per opponent points per game, and their defensive rating is nineteenth as well. So they don't r- really have. They don't really play w- that well of defense. Where Milwaukee has a little bit better on the defensive end. Milwaukee's definitely going to have to rely. If Middleton and Holiday can't get going, and it's relying all upon Giannis to to win the game, I think Giannis can take it over and win it. But, this, but I don't think he can do it for four games to get four wins out of this deal. So definitely um, Brooklyn has the advantage there. And I'm leading with an upset here. And I wouldn't even really call it an upset because I think Brooklyn can do it. I mean, they're... Throughout the season, they weren't the better team. But I think this matchup, a seven-game series, I think Brooklyn wins wins four out of the seven. They uh, The series goes seven games and Brooklyn wins one. And Brooklyn wins it. So, and let's just break it down really quick. Um, points four, Milwaukee's 114. Points against, 111.9. Brooklyn, points four is 112.16, 112.6, and 111.9. So they give about the same points per game. Uh, rebounding wise, Milwaukee rebounds at two rebounds a, a game better. Brooklyn moves the ball, two assists better. They have about the same steals, seven block shots. It's four and five. They shoot the ball about the same, and they really... Yeah. So these two teams are very evenly matched up. Um, and, you know, the, the defensive defensive rating for Milwaukee's 13th. So, again, not... They're not really that stout at defending either. um, But... I think I really do just think Brooklyn's going to be able to pull us off. So, next matchups in the second round, you got Miami and Philly. All right. And then, so let's start with Miami and Philly. The Heat compared to the 76ers. Now, Jimmy Butler can do Jimmy Butler things, right? So, let's see. So, over the – so, again, a couple close teams. So, now we're getting a little bit closer in, in how things took place over the season. Um, they split the season series 2-2. Two, two, uh, and Miami had, again, hundred like I said, 110. And Philadelphia had 109.8. So, they scored the same amount of points per game. Philadelphia gives up two more points per game with 107 and 103. Again, you got Harden and Embiid, which are good, but I think Spolstra is the better coach here. Uh, and the defensive rating for the 76ers is twelfth. Uh, their net rating is a plus point, is a plus two point six. Um, meanwhile, Miami. Has a net rating of a plus four point four point eight. They got a defensive rating which is fifth in the league, and they're a top ten offense. So, and they've their their points against their opponent points per game is third. So, I think the Heat hold them in check. I mean, you got Robinson, and so. Tucker is going to be out for is going to be reevaluated waited in a week um he's out a little bit you know so i mean they're pretty much a healthy squad and they're they can just they'll just be able to own it i mean jimmy baller is going to show up and do jimmy baller things you got kyler kyle lowry out uh hero and then you got robinson yeah i mean yeah, so the Heat being the one seed are going to end up winning this thing against the 76ers. Probably go six games. Doc Rivers still is Doc Rivers. And Miami makes the Eastern Conference Finals. Because that not that what Butler showed up to do anyways? I thought so. All right, next up you got Boston and Brooklyn. Now... This is a good match. See, this bottom side of the East is just really good. Between two sevens and the the three seven matchup right here. Um, Because they're very, very, um, they match up very well. So, you got Boston took three out of the four games this year. Um, Boston, again, averages 111 points a game. Brooklyn averages 112. Boston only gives up 104. Brooklyn gives up 111. You got Tatum, Williams, smart, Jalen Brown. So you got Grant Williams that can shoot the three. I think that with, even though as much as well as Brooklyn shoots the ball, you're going to put Jason Tatum on Kevin Durant. You can put Jalen Brown on, or Marcus smart on Kyler Kyrie Irving. Uh so yeah and then they're not really again these they're not really hurt so but it does look like Robert Williams is out for 4 to 6 weeks due to surgery on his left knee so they lose their they lose a center but how they got Al Horford and they can go small ball if they have to I think the the Celtics I think this one goes 7 And with the Celtics having that, having the second best. So they have the second best defensive rating. They have the second best net rating at 7.2. And then they're first in allowing points against. So with that, with that being said, the Celtics defense, I think holds up and they end up winning this thing in seven. So that leaves Miami and Boston. Um, we're going to go with Miami over Boston. Or we're not, sorry. Jeez. Boston over Miami. I think Jalen Brown and Jay, uh, and Jason Tatum are just too strong for that Miami team. So, I got Boston coming out of the east. Out of the west, we got Phoenix and Minnesota, Dallas and Utah, Golden State and Denver, and then you got the Clippers and the Grizzlies. So, with the... With the Suns and Minnesota suns win it at four one, not really a whole lot there. They've been dominant all year. They're gonna continue that dominance dominance. I spent a lot of time on the East, so I'm gonna to try to like not spend that much time on the on the West because um, I think they're pretty much open in matchups over here on the West. You got Dallas and Utah um I think Utah can pull it off. They're better down low. Dallas is Doncic, but that's all they really have. Golden State and Denver. Golden State wins that matchup. Steph Curry, J- Clay Thompson, just shoot shoots everybody out the building. Um, is how that is. So, um, and I think, and I know Curry's. Kind of hurt, but he should be ready by the time the playoffs start. And then you have the Clippers and Memphis. Now Morant and this Memphis Memphis team has definitely overachieved. Uh, I went well. I shouldn't say overachieved. I should say they've opened up some eyes on how well they play. And this is a cl- you know Clippers and Grizzly and the and Memphis have met in a lot a lot in the playoffs, and it usually comes down to Memphis winning. I think the Clippers can win this year uh, with Paul George being back. And then there was talks a while back of Kawhi even making it back for the playoffs. But I just don't think you put him in that situation. And I think you uh, let him let him wait till next year. Plus, the Clippers have a top 10 defense. They're eighth in defensive rating, uh, 11th overall. And then they're 11th in points per game. The Grizzlies are winning the Southwest. Obviously, they're fourth in defense, so they got a really good defense. Um, but they're still 12th in points allowed per game. So, I think the Clippers can, with PG having to step up, and with that, the way the team's been shooting already, the Clippers has been a really good three-point shooting team in the last couple years. And I think that they just pull off the win and get to that second round. So, that leaves Phoenix and Utah. So it's been so we got Phoenix versus the Jazz, right? And on this matchup, it's they're close but they're not close. See what I'm saying? Like there's they got Donovan Mitchell, Gobert, Conley. On the other side you got Booker, Ayton, Paul. Like then you got coming off the bench, McGee, Cameron Johnson, like the Phoenix Phoenix are just stronger this year than they were last year, and Phoenix wins this one, four to two, hands down. Next up, you have Golden State in L.A. Another classic uh, playoff matchup, but uh, as good as, um, with the Clippers, I don't think they have enough firepower to overcome the Golden State Warriors. Granted, they have the, the Warriors have won, took the win three and one over the season series, but I just don't think we hit the Clippers have enough firepower to overcome Curry and Wiggins and Thompson just don't, don't think that happens. So, so I think, I think it goes six golden state goes to the Western conference finals. Where they face the Phoenix Suns. Now this is going to be a good matchup. Um, but the Suns can just beat you all over. The Suns really can just dominate you everywhere. Uh, they can dime you down. And they've proven that all season long. Which, that's why they're 64 and 17. That's why they're the best record in the NBA. Like They just can dominate you all over the place. So I think they continue to do that. Uh, Booker, Paul have a big series. Aiton, this does Aiton things down low, you know. So, so we're looking at a matchup in the Western in the NBA Finals of Phoenix and Boston. I think this is one of the this called be the best matchup possibilities out of all of it. Um, they're both equally good on offense, both equally good on defense. They went in their season. They split the season series. Um, uh, and they, they match up pretty really well with points again on D de- like I said, on offense and defense. So you have 114.9 points per game for Phoenix. They average 45 rebounds a game, 27 assists, eight and a half steals a game, 4.3 blocks a game, 48% from the field. And they shoot 79% from the line and 36% from beyond the arc. Boston averages 111 rebounds. And he gets 45.9 rebounds a game, 24.7 assists a game, 7.23 steals a game, 5.88 blocks a game, 46.5 is their field goal percentage, and 81% is what they are from the line. Uh, from three-point line, they are 35%. Tatum and Booker match up well. Aiton, I mean, the problem with the Celtics are going to have is without having Robert Williams down low, they're going to have a problem guarding Aiton. Chris Paul is Chris Paul he's you know the point god he's gonna have that moniker um forever and this one goes six games i don't think it goes i don't think it gets to seven i think that the the suns their offense is just too good i would say their offense is just too damn good uh because they are fifth they have the fifth best offense for points per game fourth best offensive efficiency um they have the third best defense efficiency they have a the plus 7.7 net rating they give up 107 points a game yeah Monty Williams and James Jones is this team stacked um where you know the Celtics have are eighth in offense. You know, so this is what's going to come down to. Net rating plays a huge deal, and as if you are a stat person or not, like net rating is is a good indicator how good a, a team is. And the net rating for the Celtics is seven point two, so you have the two highest net ratings going. So it comes. To, so uh, Celtics or the Suns win it, going a four two. Chris Paul can get his championship <coughs> and happily retire. As and finally get get that huge monkey off his back. So Alright. Phoenix Suns. Oh, by the way, if you want to know something, the Suns, um uh I'm probably gonna go put money on the Suns to win the finals right now. I have that much confidence in this pick. Um, Also, in closing, thanks for stopping by and checking it out. This was a long episode. I didn't expect this one to be the the longer one, but we did get through a lot of stats, which is always what my goal is to provide you guys is when I'm talking things is backing up with stats because I don't want to be like every other podcast out there and just discuss my opinion without having actual facts there. Um at stats to back it up now stats can be interpreted however you want it to be interpreted. I get that But we all can look at the eye test and do it as well Um, thanks to all my canadian friends again for getting us to be number 234 on apple appreciate that um and You know Continue to listen i'm going to continue to drop these over the weekends uh, it seems like it's been working out best for me to drop them on a saturday or a sunday and so we're gonna to continue to do. So make sure you just wherever you're listening to it on is you hit the follow button and hit the bell. And that way you get notified when they come out. Also, um we're streaming on Twitch now. We've doubled our followers in two weeks on that, so that's been huge. We're on Twitter, you know all of this is we're on TikTok. We had our first live on TikTok this last Tuesday. We were on we were live for twenty minutes and had three hundred and thirty two views. So, we're doing big things, having fun. We're on Instagram now as well. Um, you can <clears throat> find all of this on at one guy. You know, it's just one guy with a mic. At symbol, one guy with a mic everywhere. Okay, except for Twitch. That's one guy with a mic. Sportscast. It's the only one that has a sportcast at the end. Uh, <clears throat> if you've already found this, found this podcast, you already know it's one guy on a mic. W- one guy with a mic. Sportscast. So tell your friends about it. Let's get some more followers on here. Let's get some more listeners. Give me your feedback. You can still email me at one guy with a mic at Provide feedback. Provide me what you want to listen to. What what you want me to bring to the table. So y'all stay pretty, stay loud, tell someone you love them. Have a great day.